Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Really Little Wins podcast. My name is Mike Tanner, and I'm your host with the most, I guess. Today, I want to talk to you about a conversation that I just had at a coffee shop with a friend slash yoga teacher uh, about the concept of scheduling time. Basically, we were discussing the fact that I have recently decided to work my uh, yoga routine into my schedule. And so it's a, it's a big step for me because we've always sort of, I've always just sort of worked out when I could and having a more static schedule means I'm, I'm more likely to, uh, to actually do it than I am just, you know, when I can kind of deal. And the most important part of it is actually to not just to schedule things in, but to schedule them in with the the focus and tenacity of a dentist's appointment. A lot of times we schedule things in with this idea of like, yeah, if I can, I will, but you know, who really cares? You know, well, you know, Tuesdays when I go to the gym, unless something else happens or on Monday nights I have spin class, but you know, things happen or I want to do this or I'm going to do that. And I think if we started booking our time into, you know, things we're going to do, I think we'd have a much more successful life. We book everything on a, you know, a 15 minute interval, except caring for ourselves and caring for one another. I have a good friend of mine who we were talking about how he manages to stay connected to his family, to his fitness, etc. Given the fact that he runs a couple of companies and is always looking at new projects And one of the things he said was, you know, he's recently married and he said, I book family time in. I book it into my calendar so that other things cannot get put in there. And I use that time in the same way as if it were a client, you know, things get canceled. Sure. But I make sure that the time is booked in there. And I think that for our personal health and wellness, it's important to book in things that maybe aren't directly connected to our work goals. So, for example, this year, I'm booking in, not this Thursday because I have a meeting before I decided to do this, but this week, I am starting next week, I am booking in that Thursday mornings are yoga for me. It's a yoga class. I'll attend it. You know, end of story. That's, that's what I'll be doing. That to me is important, so we're booking it in. My wife and I are going to be booking in a date night that's pretty regular. We're, we're working out the details. It might not be every week, but we're going to have a date night. We're going to have once a month where we visit with our best friends and play cards or board games or you know just hang out. And, and that to us is important, so it gets a place in that schedule. If you're not willing to schedule things in, then what it really means is that they are not that important to you. That's what you're saying. It might not be what you mean. You might believe that, you know, spending time with your wife or your husband is incredibly important to you. But are you willing to actually book that in? Are you willing to say, I am for sure going to spend time with my partner um, you know, every second Wednesday night or every, every Friday night or whatever the case may be, are you willing to book in the things that are going to make your life 
more fulfilled versus the things that are going to make your life filled. And I think that if you, if you take the time to focus on booking in the things that will make your life more fulfilling, you'll actually find great improvements in the other categories as well. When you actually say, I'm going to take, you know, once a week to start doing yoga, for me, that means once a week, I'm going to lay down, breathe, think, and do all of the things that make me a more successful person, things that I know make me a more successful person because I've tracked them as such. And if I can do that, then I think that makes me a much better, uh, a much more successful individual in whatever aspects I decide to work on. So maybe that means that I'm taking an hour away from my workday, but that's going to refocus me on all the hours I am spending on my workday. So schedule in the things that don't seem like they should be scheduled because they are as valuable as a dentist's appointment. I was talking to a parent earlier today about the idea of participation medals and participation badges and how both of us kind of thought that those aren't great ideas and that we are, there is a certain value in teaching kids about winning, but there's also a certain probably more important value in teaching kids that being first is not everything when it comes to the rest of your life. You know, we talk about kids being first, being best, being all these things. And then we talk about adults and we look at people who are defining their personal life goals and they say things like, I want to be the best blogger, you know, in Atlantic Canada. I want to be the number one internet marketer in Halifax. I want to be the top rated podcast in Canada, whatever the case may be. We talk about these really superlative ways of thinking. We talk about being the best. And the fact of the matter is, is that the odds against you being the best are enormous. The odds against you being the actual best are so, so high. And only one of you in each given category, each way you define things, can actually be the best Basically, what I'm suggesting is don't try to be the best. Try to be your best and understand that second, third, fifth, 15th, 20th is not the end of the world. The 37th ranked hockey player in the NHL makes $7.5 million a year U.S. In term, he's a defenseman. His name's Chris Letang. In terms of defensemen, he's maybe a top 10 guy now, but he makes $7.5 million U.S. per year. Now, he probably wants to be the best. He probably puts in his best effort, and that's something that we need to separate. We need to understand the separation between our best effort and being the best. But he's not the best, but he's doing pretty good. The 95th wealthiest person in the world is worth $16 billion. She's the CEO of Heineken. Beer, it turns out, is a valuable commodity. And she is worth, her, her net worth is 
billion dollars. She probably doesn't spend her whole day thinking, damn, I can't believe I'm not the best. She probably spends her day thinking things like, I wonder if I should fly to the next town over or if I should take a limo to the next town over. And I'm not going to suggest that money is what you should necessarily be basing everything on. I'm not going to suggest that Chris Letang is the 37th best hockey player because he makes the 37th amount, you know, most amount of money. I'm not going to suggest that any of these things are totally driven by money. I'm not going to suggest that Chris Letang has an easy life because he's making that much money a year. I'm not going to suggest that that the CEO of Heineken, uh, I believe it's Christine de Carvalho Heineken. Uh, I'm not going to suggest that she leads an easy life because she happens to be worth $16 billion. But what I'm going to say is you do not have to be the best at anything to be great. You don't have to be first place in order to be successful. The whole Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last routine is kind of played. And I don't think that we're looking at things the right way in this respect. And sure, I'm not advocating the idea of participation medals, but I am advocating the idea of personal bests. So being the best that you can be sounds like a cheesy army commercial from the mid-1990s, which I believe the Marines recruiting commercial was, be all that you can be. I agree with that statement. Be all that you can be. Don't worry about being all that anyone else can be. Be all that you can be. Be the best version of yourself. I talk about this all the time. And being the best version of yourself is going to lead to some pretty big wins. This is a really quick note on the past. And it comes from a recent conversation I've had with someone who was focused on the things that had happened and what that meant for them now versus what they could do. The past is incredibly dangerous. It is probably the biggest obstacle that most of us are up against. The fear that what has happened is going to cause problems with what we're doing. I've previously suffered from anxiety when faced with certain decision-making processes. In particular, I've thought about things and thought, well, okay, that was a small decision which led to something, which led to something, which led to something, and that was a negative situation. And what that causes you to do is look and say, oh my God, every decision has the capability, the possibility of being a decision that ruins something in some way. And so the past can be this juggernaut that's in our way, this huge, uh, immovable object that weights us down. It also has no bearing, none, on what we're doing right now, what we have the, the potential to do, the opportunity to do. So let's say, for example, in the past, you've had a, a poor relationship with someone at work, and you realize that you have a project to work on that might involve them. Many of us, in fact, I would say most of us, would look at that situation and say, oh, no, I, you know, I'm going to have to deal with that person. This is going to go poorly, et cetera, et cetera. But what you could look at it as in terms of 
okay, what do I need to do? What's going to make us move forward? What do I have to reconcile with? What can we move past? And that sort of thought that everything is going to be repeated can have such a a burrowing uh, feel into our psyche that we just can't move forward. We can't trust that we're going to be able to do something different if it's what we've always known is this situation. And so what I want you to start thinking of is any time that you're talking about something that someone has done, I want you to ask yourself whether it has any impact at all on what is happening next. If it does, in terms of what the future is, not how you got to the point you're getting you're at, but rather what impact it has on the next move, then that's something you might have to deal with. But you're here. There's a saying that we always talk about uh, at yoga practices, not always, but quite a bit about you're here, you're on the mat, you're at this point, you're at this juncture of your life, you made it here. Nothing else matters that happened before this point. And honestly, nothing really matters after this point. What matters is you're here on the mat. So being present and being a problem solver in the present rather than someone who pits themselves against the past is a key way for you to be successful. And I would really push everyone that that I can to avoid the idea that the past matters in any significant way. There are mistakes that have been made. There are relationships that have been forged. There are, there are lots of ways in which the past has contributed to where you are right now. But right now, you're where you're, you are at right now. And what you really need to do is come to terms with that and figure out what you're going to do now that you're here.